0: Back after Thanksgiving break, here we are with the Thundercast, and man, do we have a lot of action to cover. I am Christian Esparza, joining me, Parker Haney, Uh, man, that was quite the week for both teams, uh, both men's and women's basketball, riding a two-game win streak, how are we feeling about that, Parker?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm feeling pretty good, you know, there's a lot of red flags for both teams (laughs) that went up, but... The important thing is that the last two games were two W's, you know, so as far as we know right now, we're on the right track and I'm, I'm okay with it. You know, I feel like we're getting some, uh, some of the worries fixed on, on both teams. So yeah, I'm I'm excited. And two W's is always a good place to, to start.
0: Yeah, that's huge. And basically the point of today's episode. So both teams are set to take on Eastern Washington this Thursday. Women are home. Men are away. And that's huge because that means it's the start of conference play. Both of these teams are basically done with their non conference games. Each one has a few more games. But, I mean, for the most part, we're ready to get rolling in conference play. And that's huge. Parker, you mentioned some red flags for both sides. And that's what we're here to talk about. Today, let's go first. Um, Ladies, ladies first. They're two and four coming in. Uh, The women's team, they opened up the season with four straight losses. Including a 92 to 59 blowout loss at UNLV. After that game, though, they returned to Cedar City. They took on SAGU American Indian College and whooped them 120 to 59. Then they beat future WAC opponent University of Texas Rio Grande Valley. They won that match. The Thunderbirds did 80 80 to 67. So two really really good recent games for the women's team. But what have we learned? I mean, I hate to sound like a broken record, Parker, but we still don't know who their best player is.
1: yeah, it's it's the same thing we've been talking about, like you just mentioned that a leader hasn't stepped up on this team. Lizzie Williamson he has been really good the last two games in both of our wins, but you know still not to you know discredit UTRGV or SaGU, but
0: they don't have dominant bigs. Yeah, they don't have
1: dominant bigs and against UVU where they did have a dominant big. You know, Lizzie was not nearly as effective. So, I'm interested to see what will happen, and I think Eastern Washington is going to be a good test on Thursday. Um, but the thing that excites me is the 120 points. That's yeah, a lot of that that's a, a lot, lot of points for, for a yeah, women's game. Even for any, for a men's yeah for game, yeah. any game, any college game, 120 is a lot. And then 80 again in the W against UTRGV. So, I do like that we're scoring and that we're we're shooting the ball well um and again i think this game against eastern washington on thursday is going to be really telling for what what conference our, play is going to look like yeah what what conference play is going to look like and what our team is actually going to be right we've we have, our already had 6 games should be relatively into form and should understand what our lineup is so but right
0: now we don't
1: is the problem i think it, well i mean we have two wins so right yeah, I guess as far as we know, in the last week, we do, but did, that's did. what I'm saying. On Thursday, it's going to be very apparent if we, if we actually have it together and and have our top eight girls that we know we can put on the floor, and they'll you know consistently give us buckets. So yeah,
0: we'll see. Well, it's just hard because I mean, like you mentioned, Lizzie had a good couple of games. Um she had, like, 30 points and 20 rebounds against yep. SAGU. That's ridiculous. Actually insane. 30 and 20, <laughs> <That's> wild. <laughs> Sam Johnston, she's been an excellent shooter, but she's still extremely young. She graduated high school early to come play, so she's a sophomore, but I believe she's only, like, 18 this year. That's pretty crazy. Uh, Maddie Eaton, she's been pretty inconsistent with her shots. Sherita Doherty, I think, is the biggest red flag Um, she hasn't taken that step that we all wanted to see her take. We talked about it in all our preseason stuff, my preseason article. I talked to Coach Sanders. She talked about Sharita a lot. And I'm not dogging on this team or Sharita at all, but it's like she took seven shots, I think, against UTRGB and five shots against SAGU. And it's like, I don't know. I I just would like to see her be more aggressive offensively because I I know that she can be effective when she does that. Um, But, man, it was just so frustrating to watch them lose by, like, 43 points to UNLV. And they're not that much better. But then, like you said, Parker, they did turn it around with a couple of great wins. So, watching them play, I don't know if it's a chemistry issue or what. But just something is not clicking like it should. Um, I'm a little nervous going into conference play, if I'm being honest, because... SAGU and UTRGV aren't as high of a level of competition as the big sky teams that they will be playing. But again, two wins in a row is a huge positive. So hopefully they can ride that momentum going into uh Thursday's matchup against Eastern Washington and then another home game Saturday against the University of Idaho.
1: Yeah, I mean it's it I don't think it's a secret. The games just mean more to everybody, right? All of the all of conference steps up their play as soon as conference starts. It just it it actually matters. It matters for your postseason. It matters, you know, uh, amongst all of these things. So our play has to rise to the occasion as well. And I don't know. We'll we'll see if if it can. And I'm looking at just pulled up the roster. Or I mean the stats for this season. And Maddie Eaton is the only girl to have started every game. Yeah. So even coming off of two wins, we still don't know who our starting lineup is. Right. We still haven't figured out who, you know, is going to be that lineup that we can rely on to get points in crunch time, uh, you know, to start the third quarter, the second half. We just don't know. So we'll see. And then uh obviously this late transfer in Natalia. Otka, Missouri, um, I guess is – I I probably butchered that, but Natalia, she's from the Republic of Georgia, and she looks really, really good. She's good, man. We, we mentioned it before previously that she may be the, the caveat of
0: – Small ball.
1: Yeah, we don't really know what she's going to look like, but she could be an absolute game changer. And yeah. I'm talking like first-team all-conference type of game changer with the way that she can shoot the ball. So we'll see what happens when Natalia will be – keeping an eye on that on her only played 15 minutes only played in two games and only played 15 minutes total um so
0: well with Natalia she was supposed to redshirt this year for right. those of you that yeah. don't know she was supposed to redshirt, but like one of the first practices that she was in when she got here she went like 22 of 25 from three and that's yeah. that's, that's just not o- even over, an exaggeration
1: o- yeah over the whole practice just like however many shots she took literally made 90% of her threes, that's and that's ridiculous.
0: insane. So they were like, basically, I mean, for lack of a better term, like, she's too good. We cannot yeah, she, yeah. her. She's we can't too afford good for to retcher. We have to
1: have her on the court. So that's what it's looking like. Um, yeah, and again, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how things play out and who's going to take that next step to – Holy smokes. Sorry, I'm just looking at the stats again. Try and guess what Matt Eaton is shooting from three. Probably like 12%. 17. That's the kind of play I'm talking about, though. That's the play that has to step up. Who's going to be the next one to step up and, and really start producing for this team when it feels like there's a lull?
0: Yeah, well, and I, don't, I mean, I don't want to spend too much time on the women's, but Yeah, they just need to hit their threes. Sam's been excellent. She's shooting 34% from three, which is really, really good. Um, But everybody else has kind of fallen off. So if they can step up that three-point shooting, they're going to be great on offense. Let's talk about the men's, though. Uh, They're 3-3. and We already covered the loss to Dixie and St. Mary's losses, I guess, uh, the last time we were here. So we don't really need to cover those. After St. Mary's, though, they went to UC Berkeley and they lost a sixty-eight to seventy-five heartbreaker in double overtime. That made it three losses in a row. That game against Berkeley was the beginning of the Rocket Mortgage Fort Myers tip-off, kind of a mouthful. And they responded with wins against Yale and
1: Bowling Green. I mean, are we going to talk about what happened in that trial game? The 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 messed up points. Yeah. Yeah, I actually have. We should have won. We got to at least tell the listeners what happened because it's bizarre.
0: So if you don't know, basically there was a scoring error. Uh, Jason Spurgeon was shooting free throws with, I believe, 14 minutes left in the second half. He made both of them, but after he shot them, the, the scorer's table only counted one of them. And nobody really noticed. I mean, Coach Todd Simon noticed.
1: Yeah, our coaches noticed, tried to get the attention of the officials of the scoring table, saying, Hey, we made both of those we made both of those free throws. What's going on? Yeah.
0: So I mean double overtime game. Yeah, and they went Obviously, to double overtime. One point is huge. But at the same time, I mean there was fourteen minutes of play after those free throws. Oh
1: no, hundred percent. I mean, we should have won anyway. Right. But it's just crazy that in a D D1- one
0: Men's basketball
1: yeah. I mean, That should not be. Well, happening. and there's video evidence, like yeah. and it sucks that we can't go back and do something well, about it, ESPN
0: right? ESPN wrote an article about yeah. us. It got yeah. Na-
1: yeah, it got national coverage. A lot of people noticed and it, it I don't know. So I that, guess that, that that's was my some, main thing is this horse just, crap, yeah. It's, yeah, it's wild that we can't go back and and do something about it because it, Literally changed the outcome of the game. It yeah, it really went to double overtime. It,
0: that double overtime game too was rough. I mean, they only played like seven of their players. I think yeah. a lot of questions from that game. But I mean, they responded with wins against Yale and Bowling Green. They won their division in the in the tournament, so that was huge. Quite the turnaround. Congrats on the win. And then we walked away with uh, some things we learned. I guess number one, I'd say Tevian Jones needs to stop taking the ball down the floor. Yeah. So I kind of found this stat. He's shot thirty percent or less from three in four games this season. Three of those four games are losses. And so it just kind of seems Tev gets his best looks when the ball's passed to him from somebody else, not when, you know, he takes down takes the ball down and just jacks up a shot. Yeah. When uh, when John reality.
1: ordre is controlling the ball and is starting the offense, yeah. Tev really flourishes. That's what happened in in our two last wins. John was, quote-unquote, creating for Tev. I mean, Tev can always create his own shot. Right. But when it comes from John, for some reason, it just seems that Tev has better games. He shoots the ball better as opposed to the other way where Tev is creating for John. Yeah. Right? It's no secret that John and Tev are at least the scoring heart of this team. Right? So they have to – and I, I'm not even putting it strictly on them. Todd Simon has to figure out how they are going to work together. Yeah, work together. How we're going to get the most out of them because that's where our offense goes. Yeah,
0: out. and I'm not at all saying I didn't want to come off as Tevian needs to, you know, not be in the spotlight anymore. Not by any means. Like, he is still probably, I mean, everybody knows he's one of our best players. Yeah. And like you said, heart of the scoring is just – It's obvious when you watch he does so much better when he's not the one trying to do everything Yeah, you've got literally four other great players on the court I don't care who it is in the lineup currently with Tev Everybody on this roster is dang good on offense So I mean you just got to trust them and that's what Tev needs to do Number two the other thing I took away. Uh, you mentioned John. I'll bring him up again. John Knight the third is just unreal like (laughs) Watching him do what he does night in and night out is ridiculous. He's in his third year here at SEU, and I'm not kidding. Still, every single game he does something that drops my jaw to the floor. He is—he's yeah. just so fun to watch, and I love seeing him take over games. And he did that a couple times in that in that tournament.
1: It's been it's been really wild to see because. It just feels like the way that he plays the game isn't sustainable. The yeah. falls that he takes on the floor, um, how active he is, how many times he gets smacked as he's going to the rim. It just feels like eventually he's going to break down, but he just continues to battle. He's just, he's just a fighter. He's an absolute competitor, and it it you can clearly see it affects the entire team and makes – everybody better
0: well we saw it against the Dixie State game like and I know I said we wouldn't talk about that but I mean it was such a big game early on in the season he single-handedly brought them back in contention I know they still lost but what he was doing like in the last 10 minutes of that game is it's crazy and he did leave the game because he was cramping yeah and I have it written down here I don't want him to get hurt you mentioned he takes lots of hard falls to the floor and i'm scared cuz i don't want him to get hurt obviously i don't want anybody to get hurt but yeah. the way he plays it's it's a very dangerous level of play but man it's
1: he's he's definitely taking it easier in in practices and yeah. and you know non game situations. situations so that he can really excel and really get the most out of his body every every game but yeah it's it's been wild to see i really yeah, I love John. I know that and I guess maybe this is just me being naive, but you know, he's just an athletic point guard who plays a lot like Russell Westbrook and that's kind of all I thought it was gonna be. But he's every single year and it feels like every game, he just takes his level of play to another level. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's, it's crazy. really bizarre and it's been really fun to watch and I'm just super excited for him.
0: The last thing I want to say that I learned from the men's basketball team, um, I'd say it's safe to say these guys are still figuring it out, and that's a good thing. Um, they haven't even hit close to their potential. They they won this this tournament, and that was great. That was huge. But you look, I mean, Dre Marine is still in a shooting slump. He hasn't shot well Since probably the last game. three or four games. Yeah. yeah. We mentioned Tev, Tev being hot and cold. Some of the bench players are slowly getting more and more game time and being more effective. So I think it's good that they had some really good competition early on in Dixie and St. Mary's and stuff because now they have this opportunity to tighten things up as we look ahead to conference play this week. So I think, um, man, it's just like, yes, we did do so good in this tournament. How much better would we have done if Dre didn't shoot? like 0 for 3 in the last game and 1 for whatever in the second game, you know?
1: It's – I just have a lot more reservations than I did at the beginning of the season. And I think it's smart because I just – based on that first podcast, did our preview podcast, we were so amped about it, right? We were expecting literally to be undefeated to this point. I guess maybe the St. Mary's game, but – we, we just had really high expectations, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that
0: – And they were justifiable. Oh, totally.
1: We're returning 90% of our scoring, right? We yeah. were like, so obviously that's just going to translate. But it, it, it just isn't, right? There were uh, a couple changes in the coaching staff, and Yvonne left, Damani yep. left, some of our best defensive guys, a big rim protector. So things were going to be different, and I, I just don't – I guess, at least for me, I didn't really take it into consideration. I just thought that we were going to come out and everything was going to be – Bougie, and we are going to be banging on all cylinders and averaging 100 points a game again, yeah. right? But this team is still trying to figure itself out, figure out how to play together, figure out where we get – where we're the most efficient and where we play our best basketball, right? Yep. Whether that's lineup, whether that's, you know, who's playing what minutes in what stretch of the game, right? Yeah. And I think that's how Todd is, is kind of approaching it is, you know, with five minutes left in the first half – who do I need on the floor so we can go on a little run, give our starters a break, and then our starters can finish the last two minutes, right? Exactly. It's figuring out all of those little things, and I'm hoping that now that we're in the conference play, coming off of two wins against two good teams, yeah. then that will be figured out. And and I know I've already said it a bunch with the women's team, but this this game against Eastern Washington is going to be very interesting because Eastern Washington had a lot of changes as well. They aren't as good as they were last year, but – they're still a good basketball team. And like we said, conference play conference play, is just way more important to everybody. And everybody tries harder and everybody plays harder. And, you know, SU's on the road for the first two conference games. So what is this team really made of? It's going to be interesting to see.
0: Yeah, uh, I mean, I couldn't have said it better myself. I will add I have right here. <laughs> they aren't perfect, but these guys are, are going to be really good. I do think it's encouraging that. You can look at almost like look at it almost like growing pains. Uh, these first few weeks, I'd say, um, it's important for championship caliber teams to handle adversity at some time throughout their season. At no time has a team ever won a championship and never had to like handle some sort of challenge. Right. And so I'm very very happy that this happened now early in the season. I mean, you look at the. Th- the loss to Dixie, the loss to St. Mary's, the double overtime loss, like that's tough. And if that happens, let's say later in the season, after a long season yeah, with, you know, playoff aspirations, that can break a team. But that happening earlier in the year, that's when it's like, okay, I know everybody's coming in with the, you know, egos. I mean, they were really, really good last year. So they had every right to think that they were going to be really good again this year. They handle that stuff early on, kind of brings them back down a little bit. Now conference play is coming up, and I I think this is what they needed to kind of get them back in the right mindset.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's all about peaking at the right time. Right, You can't peak in the middle of the season like the 73-9 and Warriors, you know, and then you get into the finals and you lose to LeBron. It's it's all about peaking at the right time, playing your best basketball in the postseason. You know, there are three seasons every year preseason regular season and postseason and you need to be playing your best basketball to post season so if we have a couple hiccups in the preseason I'm okay with it yep The the last two things I'll say real quick I'll end on a positive note so the biggest thing that scares me isn't the defense I think the defense is just effort and when our guys really want to care then they'll start caring more right? yeah it's not I agree it's not the confusion between John and Tev and who's really the leader of the team because I think that Todd Simon is a stud of a coach, and John and Tev both really want to win, and that will figure itself out. The thing that scares me the most is we're averaging just over seven, or excuse me, just under 17 turnovers a game. That's not something that you just flip on and off. Yeah. Because turnovers is about caring about the basketball. And if we don't care about the basketball and we're not smart with every play, if we don't care about every single possession, that is. I mean that's that's gonna be the death of this team. That's that's the biggest thing that has scared me. We have uh let me see, total turnovers are ninety seven, total assists are seventy. We've that's had seventy assists and we've had almost a hundred turnovers through six games. Yeah.
0: You should never ever have more turnovers than assists.
1: Yeah. We have a that's negative crazy. We have a negative um assist to turnover ratio and that's it, it's just not yeah, it's less than one, I guess is what I meant to say. But <laughs> I it just scares me. That's the only thing that scares me. But I'm hoping that, again, it will come from a place of caring about every possession. And when you get into conference play, every possession just means more. Yeah. But it is slightly worrisome that uh, we haven't cared up to this point. And no, then to end, sorry to end on a positive real quick, the only bad game we've had – St. Mary's and yeah. then the first half of Dixie State, mm-hmm. right? Like, it's so not like they've
0: come out and played bad ball. Yeah,
1: that that's a total of 60 minutes about that we have played really bad basketball and yeah. looked bad. Every other half, every other game has been decent. We just – I mean, we that's had a scoring it. error and then we had two wins, right? Like, it's not like we've been playing horrible basketball the whole season. I think that we just didn't quite hit our expectation of what we thought it was going to be, and so then we – at least for me personally, kind of hit the panic button, like what needs to change. Yeah. But I'm – I'm, And it's so a long again, season, I am hopeful. too. Long oh, yeah. season to figure everything out. And it's out, like so. you were saying, get your hiccups and your bad games out of the way right now before we get into conference play. Yeah. And it looks like we're playing pretty good going into conference play, coming off of two Ws and a championship in a in a preseason tournament. So, yeah, I'm okay I,
0: I'm it. super excited. So, men's basketball travels to Cheney on Thursday. They will take on the Eagles there while the women will host – The Eastern Washington Eagles here. That's Thursday. Um, Then Saturday, uh, same thing. Men are away at University of Idaho. The women will be home against the University of Idaho. So just go support your Thunderbirds. This is a very, very fun time of the year. Thank you so much for listening to Thundercast, and we'll see you next time.